This is a solo edition of Tales from the Heart, a podcast from the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association. And I am Lisa Salberg, the founder and CEO of the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association in my brandy new office of a whole week now. So we have moved our location. Uh, you're going to get a newsletter on that later today and see some other pictures coming up. So today I wanted to start, start a different conversation. And this is not a one-time conversation. This is a multiple lifelong kind of conversation that we're going to start to develop out more as programs here at the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association. So the theme of the month, i got to stop saying so, I've said so a lot today. The theme of the month, and each month we try to stick with a different theme for discussion, um, is dealing with the changing situations that can arrive in an HCM patient's life. What do I mean? When you're newly diagnosed, there's a big change. When your symptoms shift, there's a change. When you are no longer able to maybe do some of the things you were before, there are changes. Um, and I've always kind of leaned into the terminology, we need to adjust the sales. I am not a sailor, um, but I know people who are. Hi, Gwen. Um, but I think the concept of understanding that we were on a particular path and we are required to make a change, whether we want to make that change or not, we are required to make a decision and make a change. And these moments in life can be very, very disruptive and upsetting and really shake our foundation of who we are and how we define ourselves. And if there's anything I have learned in life in general, the only thing that is constant is change and how we respond to changes. So over the next months and years, we here at the HCMA will be building on the concept of developing the concept of resiliency in those with chronic illness. And there's a whole host of, of science and, and literature and, and experts in the field of resiliency. And over the coming months, I'm going to be bringing some of them to you through podcast, some of them in smaller discussion groups that'll be kind of um, like spinoffs of the discussion groups that we're running right now. Um, but what I think is critically important to understand is while change is a constant, how we respond to changes is really important. And how we work as families when change comes up is also important. So we want to start focusing on building resiliency in the HCM community as a whole, which includes the patient, the family members, the friends, the coworkers, and those in professional care of those up with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So we're gonna start a journey together. And when I start a new kind of project line of the HCMA, I, I really want to get some feedback from individuals before we build out the programs as to what their wants and needs are. We only have a certain amount of bandwidth because we're a small organization. So when we develop programs, we wanna make sure we're developing sustainable programs that really fit the needs of the community. And while August is this month of you know, adjusting to change, 
I thought it would be a good idea to kind of start the month with a conversation about what can we do to help you build your support system, which then allows you to develop a more resilient nature um, when it comes to whatever is going to happen in terms of changes. I have been through quite a few changes in my life. We all have. Um, but when it comes to HCM, they are very specific and they are very pivotal in what has happened to my life. And I can go back to being 12 years old and being diagnosed in a school nurse's office with an innocent murmur that needed to be worked up. If you're listening to the podcast afterwards, there was air quotes around innocent murmur. I hate that term. I like inconsequential or functional error or a murmur because you have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or whatever your underlying reason is. So that was my first pivot change in life because of a diagnosis. I was not permitted to participate in certain competitive athletics anymore. My social network shifted. Some people were no longer in my social network. Some people knew why, some people did not. And that was my first pivotal change. Um, my next change, because HCM changed in me, came at the ripe old age of 21 when I had a stroke secondary to endocarditis. Um, that was another pivotal change and an understanding at a very young age that I had a very fragile medical situation. And we want to, you know, acknowledge, or I need to acknowledge, I guess, that we don't always have the resources available to us to handle all of the changes that are occurring um, back in, you know, the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. There was no support system for people like me. And then five years later, when my sister passed away, another pivotal change in life. Um, every My entire life changed in 1995. The path I was on completely changed. Professionally, it changed. Socially, it changed. Family-wise, changed. Everything changed because HCM had popped up again and caused some significant damage in my family by taking the life of my sister at the age of 36. So again, a pivot, a change, a lot of family dynamic shifts. Um, it's great if you can get to a professional therapist and work out these issues with a professional therapist, but there is a shortage of therapists in this country. And we need to make sure that resources are available, maybe not to help people clinically, but to help people socially and to help them identify resources and to be an ear and listen and maybe provide a little bit of guidance where people might be able to get additional support. So um, things changed, you know, 95 things changed. My own medical condition shifted again in the early 2010, 11 area. And then things went downhill pretty quickly for me. And I needed a transplant by 2016. And the call came in 2017. Again, a pivot, a change, uh, a, a reevaluation of life and what's important and what isn't. Um, all of these decisions. Do I say yes to a transplant and then accept that I am on anti-rejection medication for the rest of my life, which has risks of advanced cancer risks and uh, rejection and all this other stuff? Yep, sign me up, I'm in, because I'd rather be here than not be here. So you had to make more decisions. So decisions come every day. 
And some of us can get a little bit of decision fatigue, whether it comes to what are we eating for dinner then, or what medical procedures are we willing to commit to? So it is a process and it is an ever-changing process. And you never really know when things are going to shift. And it could have absolutely nothing to do with your cardiac condition. It could be the economy. It could be the workplace. It could be, you know, the road is closed and you have to take a longer commute and thereby your life changes for those little reasons. But everything weighs on you because it takes time to reprocess what, what normal is. And little changes can set us off and big changes can set us off. But if we have a strong foundation and personal resiliency, and we know simple methods to de-stress ourselves, which is a, a piece this morning on uh, the news about cortisol levels and how to measure cortisol levels. Cortisol increases when you're under stress and now they can measure it in your hair. So I think they'll get some interesting information out of my hair these days but they can measure it in so many different ways. And we know cortisol is bad and it hurts you and it, it ages you and it throws off your entire equilibrium in a sense. So we want to keep our cortisol levels low. We want to keep our mental health strong. And the HCMA is working on some, uh, I'll just call them invited speakers to come talk about some new concepts um, related to just some basic breathing exercises to de-stress. And how, how do you do that? Like, is it some like guru-y thing where it's all like metaphysical and weird? No, it's about sitting down, putting your feet on the floor, taking a couple of deep breaths and locking out the world for a minute and just taking care of yourself. And we're gonna teach you some techniques to do that in the next couple of months. We'll get some speakers in to work on that. And then we're gonna also start talking about how to build resiliency. We might even turn it into a study so stay tuned for more information on that. But building resiliency doesn't just mean telling you, you've got to be tough and get through it. No, it means you have to be vulnerable sometimes. you got to let your guard down and feel and process and understand that you have a lot of strength and a lot of support that may not necessarily be right in your house. The HCMA is here to provide online discussion groups several, several times a week and there's somebody to talk to. We have our phone lines open. We have a new staff member who we're gonna to start to hear about more. We have uh, a new full-time staff member who is going to be frontline patient advocacy, working directly with our families in lots of new and different ways and some of the same old ways, but with different twists to it. So we want you to know you're not alone. And we wanna help you identify what you can build in your personal life in terms of resources, whether it be one good friend that you can rely on, maybe they're next door, maybe they're somebody that you met online and you can talk to on the phone or on FaceTime or on Zoom or whatever. We want to make sure you have resources. We want to make sure that your health plans and your healthcare systems understand that having a disease like hypertrophic cardiomyopathy requires as much mental health support as it does cardiovascular support. So we're gonna start developing deeper programs with our centers of excellence to ensure that you have access to being heard and that not just this part, the heart part is being taken care of, but the head part is being taken care of too, because it is a stress. We all have stress every day, whether you have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or not, or whether somebody in your household has it or not. But when you have HCM on top of all the normal stressors, it can get a little, it can get a little extra hard for these families. And we want to 
try to develop better programming so that we can meet those needs. And as we are in August and it is adjust the sales month, I just want you all to take a time to take a minute, take five minutes a day for yourself and just do some personal reflection and ask yourself, how am I doing? Do I, do I need something else? Am I comfortable in my own skin? How can I feel more secure mentally and physically? And how can, you know, if it's HCM related stuff, how can the HCMA's programming help me out? I would encourage you to spend some time on our website. We've spent the past year really bulking up some of our resources and more is to come. Um, but we want to hear from you as well. So send us emails at support at 4hcm.org on what you would find helpful. You know, we are your organization. Uh, yeah, I started this thing and um, I'm going to be here for a while running this thing. But we want to hear from you if you have other ideas on the things that you want or need uh, to help you and your families through HCM. We are happy to say that the Lori Fund is moving along and the Lori Fund is um, a fund we created in January of this year. We're on the fundraising side of it right now, not on the grant giving side yet, but these will be um, micro grants for transportation to and from HCMA recognized center of excellence programs or heart transplant programs for the treatment and management of your HCM. We don't want there to be barriers between patients and the best care possible. And sometimes a plane ticket could make all the difference in the world. Maybe you don't have it in your budget right now, but we're looking to provide micro grants to help pay for that. We can't guarantee we're going to pay 100% of the plane ticket, but once we get the funds up to a certain amount, we'll start accepting applications. You will have to show financial need, obviously, for such a program, but we don't want people to not go to a center because they didn't have gas money or a train ticket or they couldn't afford a hotel room for the night. We want you to get there. So these micro grants will be uh, made available hopefully by fourth quarter of this year. Um, every bit of money that we're raising towards it is, is just going into the Lori Fund right now. It is my birthday next week and I am doing a Facebook fundraiser. If you want to contribute to it, you are welcome to do so. And a portion of all of the birthday funds that I get this year will go towards the Lori Fund to provide micro grants to the community. So my birthday present is to be able to give the gift of Center of Excellence care to others. So help us in doing that and you can support that. Do it at any time. It doesn't have to be for August. You can uh, submit your payments at any time and your donations to the Lori Fund, and we would really appreciate that. Um, so as we consider changing um, changes, I'll say, we, you know, we are in a new location. We have doubled our square footage because things are that busy. We're growing by staff and we're growing by volunteers and there's going to be some new systems set up. Um, so while... The theme of the month is really about living with HCM and change, adjusting the sales within the HCM space. We're doing so on the serving the HCM community space as well. Um, probably not next week when you see the podcast, but the one after my backdrop will be a little bit more consistent with what you're used to seeing. This is our new space. So there's going to be some fun new decorations going up to make it enjoyable to watch the podcast live. And if you see over my shoulder here, there's going to also be a new feature fundraiser. Um, I've kind of gotten into paint, uh, pouring uh, mixed paints, and I'm doing a little bit of artwork. And show you this little guy. So we're going to be doing fundraisers with heart-related art. So this is one of my flowy pictures 
Um, that's a little bigger one. That was my trial one. Not particularly thrilled with all the colors, but tried to match it to the new office. So you'll be able to um, silent auction bid on the artwork and a portion of those proceeds will also go to the Lori Fund. So if you want to have a little bit of fun with us and get a little bit of art out of it, you can send in silent auction bids once we figure out how to get that system set up. Um, hopefully it'll be soon. So I didn't want to go for another week without talking to you. Last week, last Friday, we were moving. Um, I will be putting up, you'll, you'll get the newsletter with all the photos soon and you'll see our nice new office. Um, we'll probably be having a couple of open house events throughout the um, late summer and fall for those of you who are in the North Jersey area and would like to come see us. Uh, we'd love to have you come on out. Uh, we are having an event at the end of October, Unmask the Great Masquerader Ball. Yes, a masquerade ball, not a costume party, but a cocktail inspired, cocktail attire inspired masked event. Eye mask, not face mask, hopefully, but if we need to, we'll wear those too. Um, and that will be taking place in Parsippany, New Jersey. And you can get the information on our website and hopefully you'll come and join us. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to do some just fun stuff and try to raise some funds. And again, those proceeds will go predominantly to funding the Lori Fund. So we want to make sure patients have access. So if you have a business and you want to give a silent auction item to the event, we'll be happy to accept that as well. Um, our address will be changed on Facebook today because I just realized that we can do that. So um, please send us um, items. Uh, and you can look at our Amazon wish list as well. So um, I'm going to just see if anybody has any questions or comments. They're kind of quiet today, but I could be just not looking at this properly. Oh, yes, here we go. Um, once established at a COE, how often do they get reassessed if they do? Oh, I like your hair. Thank you, Kathy. Um, so the reassessment is uh, a process that we're developing out a little bit more, but we keep in basically constant contact with centers and we're aware of changes. Um, again, changing sales. Doctors are and medical systems, their employers and people move and change. Um, there is one change going on in Florida right now and due to contractual issues, I can't give a lot of comment but I can tell you this, there will be a very robust center of excellence in Orlando with phenomenal care and some names that you know, but in different capacities in different places. So you have to read between the lines a little bit there because some things become contractual issues between a doctor and a medical practice or multiple medical practices. And when times of transition come around, it's a little hard to talk about. So um, we are aware that a couple of programs are in some levels of transition. Some of them are getting new back staff members from other places. Um, and I can announce this one publicly. Um, Dr. Doug Johnston, who was uh, is currently at the Cleveland Clinic and may have done a myectomy on a few of you. He worked very closely with Nick Madeira and the rest of the team. Um, he's moving to Northwestern. So he's going from one of our centers to another one of our centers. And it's always fun when that happens because we get to keep him. Uh, and he's a fantastic surgeon. And I think it's going to serve the people of Chicago and the region incredibly well. So change is constant. And we are constantly talking with our centers about what's going on. And in fact, starting in a couple of months, we're going to be organizing um, quarterly Center of Excellence conferences internally um, to let them share best practices 
and also give them some other education. We just received a grant from Pfizer to help educate HCMA recognized centers of excellence on the differential diagnosis between amyloidosis and HCM. So that sounds a little bit unusual, right? You would think that everybody would get this, but they don't all. So we're going to be working with our center of excellence partners to teach the other center of excellence partners the best ways of identifying those with amyloid in their heart, as opposed to just straight hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And I know there's a few of them out here who may have been caught up with, they have a heart that looks like HCM, they've had a myectomy, and on pathology, they see that there's some amyloid in the heart as well. So are we dealing with HCM and amyloid, or are we dealing with amyloid looking like HCM? Again, unmasking the great masquerader, what's the root cause of disease? So we're going to be doing some training there. So um, Kathy, I, we, we are always doing different surveys there. I don't even know how to um, respond to that one right now. So um, there, there's a constant flow of information. And it reality is all centers evolve too. So everybody grows and learns and changes practices based on previous experiences. That's the practice of medicine. Um, so we are all always learning and growing together. And we're doing a lot of that this past couple months with the, the launch of CAMSIOS. Um, some of you have been really interested in getting out there right away and getting a, getting dosed with CAMSIOS. And you've probably found some logistical issues as you try to navigate these new waters because everybody's navigating those new waters together. Um, it turns out that the best way to probably do this in large centers is have CAMSIOS clinics because there's a lot of logistics behind the scenes in terms of when you have to have your echocardiogram and when you need your follow-ups and you've got to find the stenographers and you have to make sure that they have ample slots and it's a lot of new echoes on top of an existing system. So you're going to have to be patient as everybody kind of rolls out when, when and how they're going to start. Uh, using CAMSIOS in clinical practice. Um, and we know that commercial insurance is pretty much an easy ride. So that's about 60% of you. Um, Medicaid is taking, can take up to six months for the state systems to approve a new medication. So you're gonna have to have a little patience there. And it can take a while for Medicaid to get online. And Medicare patients, we've had a number of them dosed already and they're on medication. Um, we know that the Medicare Part D is a little bit complicated to navigate and it's very expensive, um, but we're navigating those waters with you. We're trying to advocate at the highest level possible. We've been in touch with the FDA this past week regarding the entire REMS process and what that feels like for patients and doctors and what we're seeing here at the HCMA so that they can make those systems a little bit easier to navigate for everybody in the future. So while we were online with you last week, there's been a lot of stuff going on here, not only moving in, but a lot of uh, programmatic issues going on so we can prepare for you guys and, and make it easier to navigate because we don't need additional stress. We need less stress in our lives. And that's kind of the point of speaking about resiliency and developing strong systems to assist patients through that. So that's kind of what's going on here this week. Um, we're going to have uh, some other changes uh, coming up. You're going to start seeing some more social media posts and a little bit more targeted uh, analytics there as we have a new staff member 
who is really an amazing social media expert. So we're working on that. Um, we've got a lot of big things coming up for you. So I encourage you to stay tuned. Uh, August 18th, we're going to be running a Big Hearted Warrior Tour genetics special. And we're going to start taking a deeper dive into genetics. So let's talk about changing, changing worlds, people. Um, it's, it's a pretty exciting time in the field of HCM. Let's just call it what it is, right? Um, genetic therapies are coming. Are they going to be for everybody? No. Are they going to be for everybody with a known mutation? Probably not. But, but. They will be for those families who have a pathogenic disease-causing mutation that has caused serious illness and disability within those families. Those are the first ones we're going to be shooting for. The first genes that are being evaluated right now are the myosin binding protein C and some of the troponin mutations. There are different companies coming up with therapies to provide a fix to the genetic code. Is this therapy for everybody? Probably not. You may not be ready to participate in a clinical trial at this point. But what we want to do here at the HCMA is help educate you. So on August 18th, we're going to be meeting with some HCM specialists who also are amazingly knowledgeable in genetics and are on the forefront of discovery in genetics and genetic therapies. And we're going to bring them live to you and you're going to be able to ask questions. And we're going to dream a little bit about what the future might look like and understand that we're in very changing times. I used to use a terminology quite often. And if you were to walk in the office, you would see it in manifestation. Um, we would say there's no cure for HCM, but someday pigs might fly. It comes from the children's book, pigs might fly. And I encourage you to read it. It's a little inspirational story. Um, but we'd like to see pigs fly. And I used to never use the word cure. Um, we used to look at HCM as a lifelong chronic condition for all end of story. That was just the way we saw it. However, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2022 and some forms of HCM that are genetically identified at this time may actually have a cure. May, may. Um, this is all hypothesis at this point. We, we know what's happening in mice. People are different than mice, but we are able to show these genetic editing material. It's not really editing. That was a wrong choice of words. It's really genetic therapies and the putting in code into the genetics of the human body that can normalize the cardiac sarcomere and how it functions. So we got to Mavic Hampton, which focuses its therapy on the myosin and the actin and how they, they function. So we have myosin inhibitors. That's great. But what if we could fix the myosin altogether? That's the goal. And we're damn close to finding it. So changing times, people, changing times. And HCMA is trying to build programs so that you're all ready to deal with all of the changing times that are coming and that we might be able to make your path with HCM just a little bit easier. So me and my funky blue hair are going to go now and do some more work and finish up a week that has been very productive here at HCMA 
And we've got a few more weeks ahead of us at, before summer's over. So we're going to start to cut out a little bit earlier on Fridays, maybe. So we'll be back with you on Monday. Um, and we really look forward to hearing your input and continuing to grow the organization and the community to ensure that no family with HCM is ever left feeling like they're unheard, uncared for, or unappreciated. So thank you all. Have a great week. And we'll start our fundraiser thing probably next week in the podcast. So we'll put it up better so you can see the picture nicer too. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Get out there, stay safe. It's really hot. Don't forget to hydrate. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Have you enjoyed this episode of Tales from the Heart? We hope so. Please visit us at 4hcm.org. Become a member, become a donor, become a volunteer. Great news, everybody. HCM Academy is now available online. What is it? It includes online sessions, learning about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, patient stories, about HCM and their management, and an opportunity to join online live with an HCM specialist to go over the slides, ask questions, and dig deeper into your understanding and knowledge of HCM. All CME courses are free, and you can find them at 4hcm.org or at thehcmacademy.com. The Big Hearted Warrior Tour continues. For the latest dates, please check 4hcm.org. And thanks to our sponsors, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Cytokinetics, Invitae, and Boston Scientific. Did you know discussion groups are available at 4hcm.org Monday through Friday? Almost every day you can find a discussion group, whether you're interested in learning more about ICDs, pre-myectomy, screening your family. There's a discussion group for you. Even if you just want to learn how to balance your mental health, we have that too. So please join us for one of our live discussion groups moderated by a peer volunteer and you can sign up in advance at 4hcm.org. Just check the calendar for events. Please contact the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association at 4hcm.org or by calling our office at 973-983-7429. You can contact the HCMA by email at support at 4hcm.org. Tales from the Heart, a podcast from the HCMA, is made possible through sponsorship from Boston Scientific, Cytokinetics, Tanaya, Invitae, and Boston Scientific. 